0: Today, we look ahead to one of the most major milestones of our lives when we graduate into retirement. Now, here's our valedictorian and certified financial planner practitioner, Eric Brotman, your host of Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating. Get ready for inspiration and actionable advice to guide you towards a seamless transition into a dignified retirement, where you get to make your dreams a reality. Welcome to Don't Retire,
1: Graduate. I'm Eric Brotman, your host, and this is episode 11 of our very first season, and episode 11 of 20 means we are starting our second semester. So for all of our listeners out there, our first 10 episodes represent the first semester of your freshman year. Congratulations, you made it. Hopefully you didn't gain the freshman 15 along the way. Our guest today is a, a longtime friend, uh, colleague and important influencer uh, in the mortgage industry here in Maryland and specifically uh, in the reverse mortgage industry. And so I'm excited to bring Neil Swearin on the show today to, to describe how our homes can play such an important role when we look to graduate into retirement. So, Neil, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Neil, before we dive in because uh, you know, people our homes are often our largest asset or certainly for many folks are the largest asset. Um, we did a show with uh, Tina Bellavo back in episode 7 um, who was helping folks figure out how to how to buy and sell and and and, uh, and deal with real estate and deal with their largest purchases, but Now we're talking about folks who own their homes. We've talked about downsizing in retirement, that's certainly an option, but now let's talk about some other options and talk about ways in which we can use that uh, large asset to help us maintain our dignity and maintain our income and maintain our standard of living in retirement. So before we dive in, tell us a little bit about you and and your history in the industry um, and uh, and we'll start there.
2: Well, I'm a 30-year mortgage veteran. Got into the mortgage business right out of college. For the first 17 years of my career, I focused on all types of financing, uh, construction lending, traditional, conventional, FHA, VA financing. And about 13 years ago, started uh, doing reverse mortgages, actually uh, at the request of a relative of mine who asked me to do some research for her. and. Uh, Shortly thereafter, started focusing on reverse mortgages, and now that's all I do.
1: So you're um, not only a resident expert, but an early adopter of a, of a strategy that, that really hasn't existed for as long as traditional financing.
2: It's actually been around for some time. The uh, FHA version of the reverse mortgage program has been around since the Reagan era, and um, reverse mortgages in some form in this country have been around since the 60s.
1: Okay, um, they've become um, a hot button for um, not only for sales techniques and other things, and we, we hear the horror stories, and, and we're we're going to address them because it, it's um, this is a product that is very misunderstood uh, by a lot of folks and. Um, oftentimes one that used improperly can be disastrous, but used properly can make a real difference and move the needle for folks. So um, let's talk about not so much the history of the reverse mortgage, but let's start at the beginning. What is a reverse mortgage?
2: That's a great question. Um, So most folks really don't understand how this program works at all. And uh, you read a lot about how people will say it's complicated when in reality, it's very simple. Reverse mortgage is just that, a mortgage. It has, instead of a mandatory monthly payment obligation like a traditional loan has, reverse mortgages do not require the borrowers to make monthly payments. The entire loan is due and payable at the end when the house is sold or the last surviving borrower passes away. Payments can be made on the loan, but they're not required.
1: Okay. And um, tell me about qualifications for this kind of thing. Aren't there some restrictions? And You, you and I can't do one of these just right. because we feel like it, right?
2: At least one borrower must be 62 years of age or older for the FHA version of a reverse mortgage program, which is really what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Um, other than that, qualification, there are income and credit qualifications, much easier, much lower bar than for traditional financing would be. We're looking to make sure that our borrowers have the ability to maintain the home and cover ongoing expenses, such as taxes, insurance, HOA dues, et cetera, and still be able to put some food on the table.
1: Okay, so um, before we talk about uh, various scenarios, let's stay general, stay at 50,000 feet. Um, which is where I spend most of my time, Neil, quite frankly. Um, At 50,000 feet, we're looking at this and saying, why would someone even consider
2: this type of financing arrangement? Well, there are many reasons. Uh, Today, you can use a reverse mortgage uh, to purchase a new home. We have a lot of folks who are, uh, you know, we use the term downsizing, but most folks aren't looking to move to a worse neighborhood than they're coming from. So they're moving to a different type of home, but it's not usually cheaper. Uh, In fact, many times it's a little bit more expensive. We have a lot of folks who are moving from, let's say, a $300,000 home to a $400,000 55 plus community. Maybe the home they're coming from is paid for, but selling that won't net them enough cash to pay cash for the house they want to buy. So this gives them a way to finance the purchase uh, using the reverse mortgage for the difference and still not have a monthly payment obligation, basically letting the house pay for itself.
1: Now, tell me a a little bit about, um, and that's a great example you use, a great example of someone leaving a single-family home, looking at either an over-55, or maybe just a a nice condo in a nice building someplace that that may be more expensive. Um, In that scenario, your example, you went from someone with no mortgage at all, and therefore no debt or encumbrance on their home, to possibly taking on some encumbrance and of course they could do that traditionally if they chose they could choose to to take the three hundred thousand dollars net of closing costs and put it down toward a four hundred thousand dollar home and finance a hundred and twenty thousand dollar mortgage plus or minus right the problem with that of course is the impact on cash flow because someone who takes a traditional financing approach at that point is going to have to make that monthly payment so enter your team and the reverse mortgage concept at the time of purchase
2: right so Debt in itself is uh, can be dangerous in in what it will do for your cash flow, right? If you borrowing money is only a problem, and if you can't afford to m- make payments on the on the money that you borrow, so here because there are no monthly payment obligations, the homeowner, whether you are using this as a refinance tool or a purchase tool, the homeowner does not have an additional monthly obligation. They still owe the money, it gets paid back. It's a loan, not a grant, not a gift. Um, It does accrue interest over time. But you have to look at what else is happening uh, in this scenario. One of the biggest mistakes folks make, uh, and many professionals, real estate agents, financial advisors make, is they look at reverse mortgages as they exist in a vacuum, okay? So we don't live in a vacuum. So if you take out a reverse mortgage, uh, if you take out a traditional loan, let's say, and you have a $1,000 a month payment, and you compare that to a reverse mortgage debt that doesn't have a payment, you have to look at what's happening to that $1,000 savings and what it has the potential to do for you, not only in hard dollars, but in lifestyle and uh, down the road. If you look down the road 10 years and you took that $1,000, obviously, and did something with it, Maybe you're using it to eat and live more, you know, be able to uh, afford to put food on the table, but maybe you're using it to help keep more money in your investments and allow those to grow. Real estate is unique in that it will appreciate independently whether or not you have a mortgage against it, right? So uh, the house doesn't know it has a debt against it. If it's going to appreciate, it's going to appreciate whether it has a debt against it or not. Your investments don't work that way.
1: Right. So in that scenario, it's not just that you potentially don't have a payment and therefore have better cash flow in terms of the, the checkbook, but it's also potentially meaning that you're taking less of a withdrawal from exactly. your IRAs or your other assets. And having a lower withdrawal rate is important for sustainability of lifestyle and spending and inflation and all the things that, that we talk about as financial advisors, which is make sure that
2: your withdrawal rate is small enough to be sustainable so you don't run out of money. We look we look at the reverse mortgage as a tool that enables folks to make financial decisions from strength rather than weakness. If you take on in your later years a traditional mortgage debt that requires you to make that monthly payment obligation, that's very valuable ca- it's taking up very valuable space in your cash flow and you don't have a choice. Every month you have to make that payment. Most of the folks we talk to, we'll ask them questions, like, you know, what happens, do you know what happens to your income if you lose your spouse?
1: That's a, a valid question, what, and a lot of do folks don't know the answer, right. right. What
2: do you mean? Well, you'll, uh, in most cases, I believe, or in all cases, you keep the larger Social Security check, but you don't get both.
1: Correct. So there will be a pay cut when uh, a couple, both on Social Security, when one, one of them's widowed, there will be a pay cut.
2: Few, if any, of our clients, when we first start talking with them, have considered what will happen. And let's go back to what got me into reverse mortgages to begin with. I got a call from a relative who said, Neil, my parents are considering doing this. And what do you know? You know, can you help me uh, figure out whether or not this is a good idea? And I did what any self-respecting financial uh, real estate professional would do. I tried to talk her out of it. These are all the reasons why (laughs) this is a terrible idea. It's a terrible product. This is what's going to happen. You were reading you
1: were reading the the financial magazines exactly. again, weren't you?
2: she said Neil they're probably going to do it anyway, so I really need to know the details and uh, we did the research I took some time and really read into it and what I determined was there was no other financial product available that would do for her and for her parents what they were trying to accomplish they had a condo that uh, had a a mortgage payment that was getting tough for them and they were in a position where they were taking a little bit of money from their kids every month to help make ends meet got it restructuring the debt allowed them to stop taking money from their kids and and you know folks say to us all the time my kids do very well they can afford whatever uh but people don't want to take money from their kids that's that's not something that makes you feel good and So it allowed her parents to maintain their financial independence when they refinanced into the reverse mortgage. Three or four years after they did the reverse mortgage, her father passed away. So her mother's income was cut substantially. And if they had not done the reverse mortgage, she would have had to move in with one of her kids. Wow. Just no no other options. Because they had done it and there was no financial obligation for her other than the condo fees and property taxes, uh, she stayed in that condo until the day she died and maintained her financial independence. It was funny when she said to me, You know, like, we tried to get my mom to move back uh, to live with us. And she said, I don't want to live with you guys. You're up all night. You know, different lifestyle. You know, really. <laughs> <laughs> she had no interest in living with her kids. And she stayed in her condo in Florida w- among her friends and, uh, and, and maintained a very high quality of life. Um, through her last days, really.
1: Now, when she passed, what happened to the condo?
2: Interesting. So, with a reverse mortgage, uh, it is considered a non-recourse debt. So, what does non-recourse mean? Non-recourse means you, as an individual, are not personally responsible for the to repay the balance. The real estate is responsible. So she had done this when real estate in Florida was at its absolute peak. So shortly after she took out the reverse mortgage and markets declined, she owed more than the condo was worth.
1: Okay. And now, that's, that's part of the horror story of, of this, right? Well, so, that's what so we think of as a horror right. story. And I
2: heard one of your previous guests actually comment on some of those horror stories. But I have a different take on that. So she owed considerably more than the condo was worth. She and her estate were responsible for zero of the excess. The condo was sold. the mortgage company got back whatever was generated through the sale, and the FHA mortgage insurance paid back, paid the lender back the shortfall. If you have a traditional loan let's take go back to what your uh, previous guest had said, you know, if if you have a uh, a traditional loan and markets decline, so you take out a VA loan, finance 100% of the purchase price, and markets decline, and you owe $50,000 more on the house than it will sell for, who's responsible to pay that back? The borrower, you are. The borrower, if you do a short sale and you have substantial assets, you are held accountable for that. And you will have to dip into your assets to make up the shortfall. Reverse mortgages don't work that way. With a reverse mortgage, if you end up owing more than the property is worth when it's sold, you've essentially beat the bank. Because so you're no longer, at that point in time, once you owe more than it's worth, the effective interest rate on that loan is zero. Okay. So
1: we, we, we're talking about some best practices here because there's, there's lots of ways to explore um, when this might be a good strategy for you. And you mentioned the age restriction. You have to have at least one of the borrowers above age 62 or 62 or older, I should say. Um, and there are situations where this is because you're moving and you may want to buy a more expensive home without a payment. It might be because you have a home with a mortgage on it and you're ready to retire and your income is going to drop and, and therefore you don't want to have that payment requirement anymore, right? So there's,
2: there's that option. How does that one work? If you have a situation where you're in a home and you have a mortgage, um, it's a great tool to use to eliminate the monthly payment obligation on your current debt. And that's a very common reason why folks will look at a reverse mortgage um, essentially you're just restructuring your existing debt into a new debt that doesn't require you to make payments and again you're taking that either you're reducing the need to pull funds out of your um, out of your investments uh, to to pay your bills or just giving yourself the ability to live a better quality of life I was uh I, one of the frustrating things for us is the, that folks really, uh, a lot of times will try to make a decision on whether or not this is a good idea without having all the facts. Years ago, we had a client who uh, really needed this. She was in a, a desperate situation, about to lose her home, and uh, she had a friend to convince her that a reverse mortgage was a very dangerous thing, so she canceled her loan with us. And we tried to explain to her that she was going to lose her house Eventually, because she didn't have the ability to make payments on it, about six months after she canceled her reverse mortgage, she lost the house in foreclosure. Hmm. But because you know her friends she played cards with you know told her all these horror stories, she didn't really have the ability to understand that she was she was really in, in desperate need that's not who we really help most often today. We had a transaction that closed uh, earlier this week uh, for an older woman who has owned her home free and clear since the 50s and now is up in age that they're going through about nine thousand dollars a month paying for in-home care wow yeah and have about six months of cash left so what to do here so the reverse mortgage uh strategy here is it will allow her probably buys her another two years in the house now eventually they're gonna have to sell the house if she lives they 're going to have to sell the house anyway um, and make other arrangements for her, but it gives her a lot longer time in the home um, maybe maybe that 's her 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 life but uh, uh, but we don 't know we don 't really none of us really know how much time we have left right um,
1: as as financial advisors we we try and look at uh, the holistic picture for for folks we try and look at the the big picture and Reverse mortgages are nothing more than a tool. They're a tool in the toolkit that can be used at various times. And um, maybe I have some misconceptions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some things out at you and I, and I just want your, your knee-jerk reaction as to whether I'm thinking about this properly. Um, I try to dissuade folks from using reverse mortgages or exploring reverse mortgages if they're in a home where they're unlikely to be able to age in place, where the odds are high that they will potentially sell that house during their lifetime. Um, is that uh, sound? Is that logical? Or am I missing something? I mean, I, I know that you can still use them, but should you? Or should you wait until you've made that next move?
2: I guess I don't really have enough information to answer the question. The uh, maybe, um, but not necessarily. One of the greatest features of a reverse mortgage is that it also acts as a line of credit. So, uh, it's, and there's significant benefit to setting up the line of credit as early as possible because it has a growth feature built into it. Okay. So if you, uh, if, you set up a li- if you own a home free and clear today and you set up a line of credit today and don't touch it for 15 years, the line of credit will double. If you start with a $200,000 line of credit, in 15 years you have a $400,000 line of credit. Even it's if It's growing by 5% a year? It grows by the same rate that the outstanding debt would accrue interest. Wow,
1: okay, so, so you could essentially set up a reverse mortgage as a line of
2: credit prior to actually needing any of the capital. You should set it up prior to needing the capital. Interesting. So, and there's some restrictions as well with how quickly you can take out money. Had these folks that I was just talking about earlier um, who are using it for healthcare expenses, had they set this loan up years ago they would have been in a much better position. We're also limited. You can only draw 60% of the total loan amount in the first 12 months if you don't have any outstanding debt. So in this case, she's gonna have a month or two where she has, she has to cover on her own or her family will have to cover her expenses because we can't access those funds until after the 12th month. They really should have set this loan up a few years ago. And they also would have had the benefit of an increased line of credit when they started needing to draw those funds. I remember you and I have been friends a long time and have worked together for many years. You always advise your clients, younger clients, to have home equity loans, just in case. Or lines of credit, at least, yeah. Lines of credit, access Just, just to, as an emergency you never know. fund, right. Well, this is really the same thing. And if you think about what happens as we age, your ability to be agile is diminished significantly. It gets harder and harder to borrow money. If you wait until the day you need it, in all cases, it's more difficult to borrow money. We use, uh, for qualifying on a reverse mortgage, we use assets. Uh, We dissipate assets over life expectancy. So while you still have a few hundred thousand dollars in your investments, I can calculate that uh, into monthly income to help qualify. Once that money's gone. I'm losing monthly income to help you qualify for the loan. Interesting. So, you know, depending on what the situation is, and if you've already started to go other routes to use credit cards or take out other loans to, you know, to try to make ends meet, it gets increasingly more difficult to qualify.
1: So in the same way that we often suggest to our clients that they have a line of credit as an emergency fund, as dry powder, for lack of a, a more elegant term, the same thing could be done with a reverse line of credit, assuming you don't have a balance or you have a, a modest balance such that you'd have some, some growth. Now, does the contractual growth on these apply to the full, uh, the full mortgage amount available or just the, the amount that's not been used? The unused portion the unused of portion. the so, line of credit. So if you've got a $200,000 line and you're not using it at all and the line's at 5%, in a year it'll be two ten. But if you have a $200,000 line and you've used one hundred and fifty dollars of it because you were refinancing or, or whatever, then only the $50,000 that's available would be growing by the 5%, correct?
2: Right. The other one fifty will have accrued interest at 5%.
1: Right. Does that interest uh, re- reduce the amount of the line of credit growth or it's, it's linear? No,
2: no, it does not reduce okay. the amount of line of Go credit ahead. growth. And it is unrelated to your property value. So the other thing, uh, you and I had an experience years ago. You called me and said, if you think you're going to need access to your line of credit, take it now. Banks are going to be closing uh, lines of credit, access to lines of credit. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That was good advice. And it happened. Well. It happened. And we had many clients who were using their home equity loans to rehab properties. They were… you know, buying, renovating, flipping properties, and they were using their home equity loan to fund that business. They lost access overnight to those funds. Reverse mortgage lines of credit cannot be closed. As long as a borrower continues to occupy the home as their primary residence, at least one borrower, um, that line of credit remains open. Totally unrelated to the property value. Even if you owe more than the property is worth, doesn't matter.
1: Okay, and if you were to make payments toward it, the amount which would then accrue in terms of additional line of credit would begin to grow again? That's the other
2: feature with a reverse mortgage. If you, with a traditional loan, if you make payments on a traditional loan, you're reducing the balance. But not the payment, in most payment cases. Payment stays the same. Right. You can't just say, oh, you know what? I think I need that money back. Uh, I, have, I need a new car. I, 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 want, I want to take the money back. Uh, we'll laugh at you. With a reverse mortgage, if you make payments on it, you're opening up that line of credit. You pay $1,000 on the reverse mortgage. You're basically opening up $1,000 in your line of credit. So should you need access to it later, you have it. We have a lot of clients who are uh, taking reverse mortgages and still plan to work another five years. So their plan going into it is um, they want a flexible tool. Um, what do you call those knives? The uh, Swiss Army Knife, basically, go. of lending. So they want a flexible tool. Uh, they say, you I'm going to make payments on this loan f- for the next five years while I'm still working. And we sort of plan out. This is what's going to happen to the loan if you're making payments on it. When you stop working, whether by choice or otherwise, you no longer have to make payments. Think about the value to that in, in an older homeowner to have the option of not making a payment should something happen And they need access to funds for some other reason.
1: Okay. Um, Years ago, before the financial crisis, there were lots of interest-only loan options out there where folks would only pay toward principal when they had extra. It was great for folks who had variable income, commissionable salespeople, or or what have you. Right. Um, Those have mostly gone away today. Is that a fair statement? I mean, they're hard to find. So this almost could serve as, a, as an option there, not that it's interest only because you don't have the payment, but that if you chose to make principal payments, it would actually reduce the amount accruing and increase the amount available to you.
2: In that sense, it works just like a home equity, like a traditional home equity loan would work. You, if you pay it down, you can borrow those funds back later. You can pay it down to zero and no interest is accruing. But it can't be shut down on you. As
1: long as you, you stay have in the to home. leave
2: fifty dollars on there to keep the to keep the line open, fifty dollars. Pay it to zero, it'll shut down on you. But uh, contractually, th- the loan cannot be shut down on you.
1: Okay, we are um, shockingly we are running low on time, and I want to make sure we get a couple of of additional odds and ends out there. Um, reverse mortgages are, are they're a tool, and the horror stories. You know, Neil told me earlier, you told me uh, a story about how you often do some public speaking and you show up on an airplane and you ask everybody if they heard about your flight and they say, well, of course not, and you say that's because it landed properly. Uh, Reverse mortgages, the ones that work really well and really change families' lives for the better, don't make the news. The ones where something goes horribly wrong are the ones that sell advertising and the media loves that. Uh, is 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 it disproportionate and is that just just the media being the media
2: it's a challenge because so few folks really have taken the time to understand how this loan really works even most of the horror story, what you would call a horror story when I read it I don't read horror story I read an article years ago about uh, uh, some folks who uh, had bought a place in Vegas and used a reverse mortgage and now they wanted to move back east and they had no equity in their home so they were stuck Okay, they had a place in Vegas that they don't have a mortgage payment on that they can keep forever. And if they want to come east and rent an apartment, nothing's preventing them from doing that. As long as they maintain the Las Vegas property as their primary residence, it doesn't matter if they owe $200,000 more than the property value. They can keep it forever.
1: So used properly, you could even avert what what is perceived as a crisis.
2: It's just the way we think about these things. Remember, you're not responsible for, uh, if you end up owing more than the house is worth, which by the way, is very rare. We're only lending folks today, if you cut, borrow with a reverse mortgage today, you're only borrowing 45, typically 45 to 50% of the property value to start with. It takes quite a while for you to end up owing more than the house is worth. Most folks won't have the loan that long.
1: Okay. Um, that's that's very very helpful. Well, we're we're going to wrap up, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a second because all of our guests need to provide a, an extra credit assignment. The one takeaway where if folks say, you know, we listened to Don't Retire Graduate, the guest was Neil Swearin, and he said we should do X to get extra credit and really really ace this course. What would that be?
2: I have two things.
1: Not only one. All right, go ahead. Two.
2: If As we age, our needs really change with regard to our real estate and our finances. And we're terrible as a society at sharing with our younger generation, with our kids uh, and our family, where we really stand. Most of the folks we talk to, their kids have no idea what their real financial situation is. It's so important to be honest and open with your kids about where you are and what you're doing and what your intentions are. It's so helpful in planning for not only for you but for your children. So one, I would encourage everyone to be more open with their kids about where they are financially. And two, with regard to whatever program is appropriate for you, go into it with an open mind and no preconceived notions. We, we have folks we try to get in touch with. I have a financial advisor referred me one of our clients. Took me four months to get the woman to call me back. I said, Your financial advisor would like us to see if this is appropriate for you. She said, We decided we don't want to do it. I said, Well, you don't what how how did you make that decision? She <laughs> said, Well, I heard this, I heard that. So, well, I, I think the exercise here is for us to have a conversation and figure out if this is right. I don't know if it's right for you. We haven't had a we haven't gotten that far yet. If it's not right for you, we won't do it. That's up to you. But so many folks out of fear aren't even really looking honestly about what what the right approach is to handling their finances in retirement. So being honest, I think, and open to any option, whether it's an annuity or an investment they've heard bad things about or a mortgage they don't know much about, have the conversation and take the time to learn. I think that's
1: an excellent, uh, excellent extra credit assignment. Uh, the fact that you've assigned two will make you a less popular professor, I think. But that's okay. Uh, how can folks reach you? How can how can they
2: they get more of your wisdom one-on-one? You can find me online at neilswaran.com or my phone number is 410-977-8870.
1: Very good. Neil, you've been a, a tremendous guest. Uh, I learned a, a lot and I hope our, our listeners did as well. Uh, And until next time, this is Eric Brotman
0: saying, don't retire, graduate. From this day forward, let us make each decision with our best interests in mind. Let us begin visualizing our dreams and reaching our goals. It's time to take the next steps in our life journey and build our futures. Today, I implore you, don't retire, graduate. Visit our website, don'tretiregraduate.com to download episodes and connect with us on social media. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. Hey friends, this is Jim
1: Knight, former 21 year hard rock executive turned best-selling author and top
0: 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzoir, former frontman of Hollywood's Most Dangerous Band, turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host
1: the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you wanna learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian jiu-jitsu in life. We've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.